listening to the Connections Through Creativity podcast. Here, we dive in deep into personal growth, creativity, inclusion, education, mental health, entrepreneurship, connection, community, and how we can make a positive impact. I'm your host, Rebecca Jane, founder of Rebecca Jane Art, a community director creating and helping others create radical change in their community with a love of living a creative life through joy, growth, and making a positive impact in the world. Art is the catalyst for creating connections. Everyone is an artist and everyone deserves a safe place to feel and be creative, included and heard. When we create connections through creativity, we are opening an inclusive environment to improve mental health, education, creativity in our community. If you would like to become a certified Rebecca Jane Art Inclusive Community Art Instructor to make a radical impact in your community, please visit RebeccaJaneArt.ca. Are you ready? Let's get creative. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Connections Through Creativity. Today we're joined by Melinda Arnast. Melinda is a K-3 intervention specialist who works in the autism unit in a public school in Ohio. Currently, she's embracing inclusion through her school by providing students with whole group social-emotional lessons in the general education classrooms. Data has shown that all students are benefiting from these impactful lessons. The negative behaviors are decreasing while kindness, inclusivity, and compassion are increasing. Students with unique abilities are staying in the general education classroom longer, mastering their goals, and are truly included in their classrooms. Due to this success, Melinda is publishing her book next month called Empowering Inclusion, the tools teachers need to help all students succeed. This is a guide for teachers to build relationships and push for an inclusive environment. Inclusion is much more than just having students that may appear different occupying a seat in the general education classroom. When Melinda is not teaching or writing, she is found running extreme distances over a marathon, painting murals on walls, or playing in her garden. Okay, I am so excited for you to meet Melinda. Melinda and I recently connected after I listened to her on the Choose Inclusion podcast. I honestly, I think we're just like kindred spirits. I just really adore her. Every time we talk, we just keep finding more and more in common. Okay, so remember back in episode four when I talked about the levels of inclusion. I mentioned how schools are attempted inclusion. Um, We see this because, just like Melinda said in her bio, inclusion is much more than having students that may appear different occupying a seat in the general education classroom. So that's exactly what schools and beyond are expecting from people, uh, which is exactly what I call attempted inclusion. This means that we're calling it inclusion. Um, there's some effort, but it's, it's just really not effective. It's not inclusion. We can just check a box, basically. Right? Uh, so Melinda saw this too, and how it's not actually inclusion. We're taking our students out of the classroom. And so she decided to make changes in her own school on her own. Uh, Though this hasn't been an easy process, like she's seeing so many benefits um, from the teachers, herself, and and every single student in the classroom. 
because everybody benefits from inclusion. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how Melinda's uh, about Melinda's book uh, and how she's made changes in her school. Okay, so let's get started. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me, Melinda. Um, I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. I feel like I found my twin. I know. It's it's really crazy. Like the more we talk, the more we're like, that's me too. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we need to get together. <laughs> Definitely. Once this pandemic ends, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, actually, let's, uh, where are you? Where are you? Yeah, I'm uh, currently located in Chagrin Falls, Ohio. So in the States, it's kind of near Cleveland, close to Lake Erie. Awesome. Is it? How's the weather there now? Not too bad. No, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It's uh, It kind of snowed last week, and then now it was 72 yesterday, and it's supposed to be 72 again today, which is really weird for <laughs> November, and like yeah. that kind of explains Ohio. Yeah. Okay, so that sounds oh. very similar to New Brunswick. <laughs> we get like this like all the weather in one day. It's very weird. <laughs> okay. So uh, when I have guests, I always ask our uh, some four uh, intro questions. So uh, we'll start with those just to get to know you a little bit better. And then we'll start on um, all the other cool stuff. All right. So <laughs> uh, what's your favorite quote? Ooh, I really think um, I really like there's a couple of them. I like um in a world where you can be anything, choose kind, mm-hmm. you know, from the book Wonder. There's a lot of good quotes from that book. And then I like um, uh, diversity is like when you go to the party and inclusion is when you ask them to dance. That's yes. like one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one too. Because it's so true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's your favorite book? Ooh, um, Gosh, there's so many good ones. I do love like all children's books. I've been really oh, into, um, <laughs> so now more things to, that we we have in common. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So yeah, there's so many good ones. Um, I really like Shane Burka's, um "I'm Not So Different," or um, and it's, it's just all about him being um, who he is, and he has muscular dystrophy, and it's a great visual for students to really embrace being different. And um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh, I like that. Ooh, I'll have cool. to get that one. Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, and what's something that you're into right now? It could be anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I just, I love to draw like you. So there is a comic book contest coming up. So I've been kind of thinking about what I'm going to create. Um, the theme is the pandemic plus superheroes. So you can pick <laughs> any superhero and mash it with the pandemic. So whether it's like Spider-Man chilling at home because he can't go out or like Superman keeping six feet apart from his like... <laughs> enemy um i've been thinking about that a lot because i i can't wait to start that i just don't know where to begin because there's so many funny ideas oh my goodness i when you said that that was <laughs> hilarious i love that i i want to i want to do something like that with my kids i think because that's yeah, so funny it's a good like and it's a good like challenge because it so is many, you could pick any superhero too yeah yeah i really like that it's hilarious um okay and what's uh like an art piece that maybe inspired you or uh something that you like to create or or something like that yeah um I love like anything pop art so like Andy Warhol um even Keith Harding like that just like abstract but 
like colorful and bright and like kind of in your face poppy look. That's yeah. kind of how like the cover of my book, I chose it like that because it's just, I love that like explosion kind of a look. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a great uh, segue. So you wrote a book. Uh, it's not published yet, but it's publishing uh, soon in December, right? Yes. Next month so, already. Yay. Uh, so I can't wait for your book. I'm so <laughs> excited. Uh, I'm like on the wait list waiting for it. <laughs> um, so tell us about your book. Yeah. Um, so last year during the school year, I do teach um, K through three um, elementary school kids. I'm in an autism unit, but a lot of my students are included in the general education classrooms. And um, for the longest time, I would just pull my students out of their gen ed classrooms and go over social skills with them or social emotional type lessons. And the more I was doing it, we were talking about feelings and um, impulse control and like, you know, big problem, little problem. And the more I was doing it, I was like, why isn't the whole group getting this? Like, why are my students getting this going back into the room? And none of the other kids know this language. That's kind of not beneficial at all. So um, I collaborated with my teachers. I do work with five different general education teachers this year, which is a lot, um, but they are all wonderful and amazing. And they agreed to have me come in and started doing group lessons. So I would come in and talk about big problem, little problem or impulse control, kindness. It, what does inclusion look like? And I would, I developed this curriculum that worked for the classrooms and sometimes it altered. Like I'm really a big fan of like students come first, their needs come first. So if I noticed in one class, like sharing was an issue or there was another thing that was like a bigger issue, we would address that first and then go from there. So a lot of the classrooms curriculums tended, they looked a little different towards the end of the year. Um, so, and then the results we saw were amazing. My students were staying in there longer. Um, they were mastering their goals ton of the other students benefited. There are so many students that kind of fall through the cracks in the public school systems, as you know, and um, it really kind of picked up the pieces with them too. We just saw an increase in kindness and empathy and compassion. Um, and they loved, and it wasn't work, you know, like when I would come in to do a lesson, they loved it and they looked forward to it. And um, it became almost, you know, my point in the book too, is I would love for it to be universal. So when I'm in there teaching, the teachers hear those language, that language, I usually leave them with some kind of a toolbox, whether it's like a checklist or a poster or a visual, and then they use it throughout the year too. So they're not just getting it once from me. Or I know in some other schools, sometimes it's the guidance counselor for you know a little bit a week. It's not just a one and done thing. It's definitely like you have to do it over time. So it becomes this like big universal um, social emotional language inclusion kind of a curriculum. So yeah, and that's what kind of inspired me to write the book. <laughs> So your book is kind of a compilation of all the uh, lessons that you've done. Yeah, yeah. So I put there's um, five competencies when it comes to social emotional, like so like self-awareness, social awareness, um, relationship building, and there's like a couple others. And then under each competency, I do like three main lessons. And then I list like probably 10 to 20 activities you can do as well. And a lot of these activities teachers are already doing, they might just not be expressing it the way it should. Like, you know, the all about me page that teachers mm -hmm. tend to give, it kind of promotes social, like our um, self-awareness. Right. But, you know, you can talk about that and like, what are your feelings and how do you express yourself and what are some of your traits and what makes you different? And you just go a little bit more in depth mm -hmm. um, with that piece. So I have that and then um, I accommodate it for K through 12. I also taught middle school before this and then I've taught high school for a year too. So I kind of was like, well, 
we could expand it to all teachers. And this also mm -hmm. kind of goes for like homeschool. This can go for Montessori. These are very like lighthearted, fun, um, but I feel like crucial lessons that, you know, students need, especially now. Yes, absolutely. And there's, as we were talking, like just virtually no resources. No. So yeah. it's so exciting to right. get something very, like this. Yeah, very up to date too. And I, I do put a big piece of like relationship building in there too. Like I talk about you know, I've always been an inclusive person and really passionate about this. So I want readers to kind of get to know me and trust me before they, you know, take all these lessons. And also <laughs> with, with lessons, and I know, you know, like as a teacher, you get these like lessons handed to you or you get these standards handed to you, but there's very little training on how to do it. Yeah. So I like putting after my lesson, I put a personal story. So that way they can see like, hey, maybe there was a flaw that went wrong. I reflected and did something different or and then I put student quotes in there too, because teacher, you just love to hear like yeah. the funny things they say during these lessons or like how much kindness and compassion comes out of it through them. So it's all very accurate. And um, I think that personal touch hopefully will help. Yeah, I really, oh, I really like you know? that. That's yeah, nice. and it's like quick and easy. It's not like, you know, so I'll give like a little definition or a little like, you could do this, you could do this, you could do this, or mm -hmm. I like to give options and a full page of accommodations and modifications. So it kind of fits to every classroom. I'm not yeah. telling you directly what to do, you know. It's almost like, uh, remember those chapter books where you can pick and choose your ending? <laughs> yeah, oh, I like that. Well, it's like it's that. it's adaptability. Like, yeah. you're giving them the tools, and then they have to adapt right. to the situation, which I really like that. Right. Yeah, I, um, so that that's why I, why I wanted to talk to you today, because um, so I found, or I heard you talking on the Choose Inclusion podcast, um, which I will have uh, the Choose Inclusion podcast, or... Nina, Mike, and Yubi, uh, I'll have them on the podcast, on my podcast soon, which I'm excited about. Um, but I heard you and you said, uh, uh, I'm going to mess up the quote, but basically you said, I was always taking my kids out of the classroom. And then I realized that's not inclusion. That's yeah. something like what you said. I yeah, totally, yeah. But, and I, I was like, that's what I've been saying. <laughs> and a couple episodes ago, actually, I, literally said, I said this and I was like, I need somebody on my podcast so that I could talk about this. And, but I've never heard anybody else say that until you said it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need her on my podcast. <laughs> and then you wrote a book. <laughs> so um, I'm so excited. Um, yeah. So maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Like how you saw maybe what, how you realized, yeah. like your, yeah, maybe your process, your realization of how you were go taking all the kids out and then you were like, well, this isn't right. Like, how right. did you get that? And then maybe um, how that process in started to change within the school. Yeah, it, it, I mean, and it's not easy. Like I do, if any teachers are listening, especially special education teachers, it's, it's, not, it's not an easy thing. You really have to um, build relationships. So that's another piece of my book too, is like how to work with difficult personalities or as a teacher, you are protective of your kids, like your yeah. kids. So the general education teacher may be very protective and they may look at that label and not want them in their classroom and may think this is way more work than what it needs to be. So it's really like having a strong team and a strong communication um, piece to kind of help really convince that like, just because my kid is sitting in your class not participating, that isn't inclusion. You know, there's so much more beyond inclusion. So when I first started out, I was like naive and young and I had this schedule <laughs> where I would just follow my kids around all day. So they would be in social studies and then math and then language arts. And I really just followed them around. And then in the classroom, I, 
I honestly, I maybe accommodated to a test or I pulled them out in small group, mm -hmm. but that was it. I, yeah. I mean, sometimes they, the gen ed teacher might make me pass out papers or like make copies, which that is not my role, you know? Yeah. So I realized after that year, like, whoa, like this is completely backwards. Like, yep. just because my kids are there, that's not inclusion at all. These kids like, you know, um, so it started there too, really starting to brainstorm like what to do. And like, I tried little groups or I would pull my kids out at certain times or try to be like, Hey, can I throw in this kindness lesson? But it wasn't anything like big. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I started elementary school, that's where I really noticed it. Like, oh no, like we should probably promote a little more of the co-teaching and we trialed some things and like the first grade teacher and I were close. So we trialed some things that year and it was going well. And then the past couple of years, we just kind of leaked into the bigger, bigger system here. But it did, it take it took time and it took really working with difficult personalities to convince them that this was the right thing to do. Hmm. So So um, what what was what was it that really changed in the sense that like what did the pullout look like? And then now what does the inclusion look like? Yeah, that's a good question. Um pullout usually it was like we would just find times in the gen and teacher schedules um, when it was appropriate to pull out, which is always tricky too. Like it's a catch twenty two. You pull your kids out, but then they're missing whatever they're doing in the general education classroom, you know, it could be like science. Well, once they get to the worksheet, you can pull them out. You know, it was always like at their convenience, not at right. mine. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then I'd pull them out and then, yeah, like that, just that realization of like, it was always like, we were talking, we were talking about this earlier, the reactive, not the proactive. Yeah. So I was usually putting out fires too. That was yeah. when I would pull my kids out. Like, Oh, they're misbehaving there. Yeah. acting out because of this test, whatever. But like if I were in there teaching the social emotional like components earlier to everybody, like maybe that wouldn't have happened. Right. You know, and it's nice too. maybe my students don't get it immediately and maybe a couple of the others do. And so they I love when the students become the prompt. Right. Like if, um, you know, a student were to blow up and another student's like, hey, whoa, is that a big problem or small problem? Like, <sighs> You know, that's the best. <laughs> you're like, yeah, thank you. Like, yeah, you know, and it's so much more important hearing it from them than us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just like the more I pulled out, the more I was like, this is ridiculous. All I'm doing is, is the reactive, not the proactive. And in this world, so many people need these skills more than ever. You yeah. know, with the increase in technology, or they've been home for nine months because of the pandemic. Like, these are pretty crucial skills. And if the general education teachers want these kids to have like a successful um, you know, year with academics, like, you know, behavior and social, emotional and mental health have to come first in order for that to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've never uh, heard of a social, emotional learning class before, but my sister who's in grade 12 um, and it's kind of ironic because it, that means that she went through her entire school life <laughs> and now in grade 12, she's getting it, but they have a new class called social emotional learning. And I am so excited about this. So she's actually in my, I have a mental health class, a uh, mental health art class where, with a social worker. And uh, so she's, my sister's kind of telling us a little bit about her class, <clears throat> excuse me, in that, in our class. And I, I just think it's amazing that they finally has something like this. Now, this is only in one school and it's actually in the smaller school in our like larger community area. Um, so I'm actually surprised that it went there first, but um, it's it's so true. Like everybody can benefit from this. Oh yeah. And in the States, it's funny because in 2019, like they required, you know, schools to be teaching this. 
and I kid you not, we had a staff meeting where they just like gave us um, the standards and they were like, what do you think of these? And then that was our training. That was it. Yeah. That was it. So, and I feel like that's common elsewhere. Very common. Quotes in my book from like higher up saying like, this is great, but like we have no training or no support on this whatsoever. And they would like more support, you know, they just don't know what to do. And it's way more than just like talk about your feelings. I mean, it's a whole curriculum. So yeah, Yeah. it's like, I think the intention's good, but (laughs) they just like, you know, they don't know what to do. Exactly. And I think it's a lot of, if you are doing it, it's because you did the work, not Mm -hmm. because anybody trained you, because like you said, nobody, the training's just not there. And I, it's, it's sad. Like, (laughs) so I work in a pre, or in a, I'm an after school teacher in the afternoon and we were given a sheet of paper, which I wish I had taken a picture of, especially to talk right now, but I meant to send it to you. So it's, it was just literally outlining inclusion and we had to leave it on the wall. And it was a lot of, um, proximity, a lot of inclusion proximity. They didn't say that, but that's basically what it was. It was make sure you have diverse people on the wall, make sure that you have sensory friendly environment, which they didn't explain what that meant. I know what that means, but what if somebody else doesn't? Um, And like, it was just, it was very like, oh, read diverse books. Like these are all important things to do if you are doing it with everything else. Right. You can't, that's all your, yeah. Yeah. You can't just do that because it's a, you don't know why you're teaching these things and B you don't have the tools and the language to talk about it and discuss it after the fact. Right. So it's, yeah. And then like I have um, a boy with autism and he's followed by an, uh, like an interventionalist. And then we were having some like brainstorming on like what we can do to help him to support him and he, she she told me to do uh, like a visual learning thing so it was it was like to act in the classroom and I was like she told me just to give it to him and I was like okay I can do that and then I stepped back and I thought well I can't just give it to him this is going to benefit everybody in my class so a I'm not singling him out telling him that he needs extra support because you're different. I'm telling the whole class because it's going to benefit not just him, but everybody in the class, because then a, they're modeling for him. So we're getting peer modeling. And then we're also getting, um, group participation. So, and then inclusion. (laughs) So I put it right on the wall and now everybody's able to use these prompts, these visual prompts that will benefit everybody. And it's not cheating. It's not like you're, you know, giving anyone special treatment, like just part yeah. of the classroom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like we do stuff like that anyway. So why not make it more specific? Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, sometimes you think about it, you're like, this is common sense. And I don't I know. know. Yeah. A challenge like everywhere. Yeah. And you just hope like on the Choose Inclusion podcast, you just really hope this trickles into like adulthood because, you know, they focus more on business. And I never really thought of it as the business end of it. Like you want to like train these kids to be future inclusive leaders. Yeah, exactly. They shouldn't need all this training or be an issue. You know, it shouldn't be an issue. It should just be like a natural thing. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's 
and then it, exactly because a lot of these kids after school that's it and right. like here we have a lot of support for preschoolers and then they go to school and then they only have support during school right and then after school that's it or um, they might if they can or if they have the availability they have um, a respite worker mm-hmm. and then after that like that's it so then what right, right. so so where are they getting this support? So, I mean, there are some programs where they have like work buddies or I'm not sure what it's called, but that's kind of. Yeah. I think they have like a job coach kind of a thing. Yeah. But even that, that's short lived. It's not like long term. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's still kind of the pullout. Yep. Like they're yep. getting an EA for so work. True. Yeah. Wow. I never <laughs> even thought about that now. <laughs> uh, number two. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> so um, maybe we could talk now about uh, like what the benefits of inclusion are. Like, how are these kids being oh. benefited from um, in your classroom and your what what you're seeing? Yeah, how so, are they being benefited from this? And so like so much, and it's just so nice to see. Like, so last year we, you know, it's just nice to see because last year was our first complete year of doing it. And okay. so when I see these kids in the hallways now. It's like the kindness and compassion is like off the roof. Um, I love that they just do not see like physical impairments. They don't see anything different. Like um, this, this one little girl too, every time, you know, like she knows that like a couple of my students just need different tools and like, that's totally fine. You know, they don't see it as like, oh, he's scripting, you know, or he's saying things like, it's just totally normal to them. And I love that. Like, it's just like, Hey, I'm different. You're different. It's cool. That's the biggest piece I've seen too. It's just that acceptance uh, and that natural acceptance. They're not doing it for rewards. You know, they're not doing it yes. for, for show. This is definitely like they're inviting each other to their birthday parties when oh. that was allowed. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's just so, it's just so beautiful to see, I guess, you know? Yeah. I saw um, somebody, Sabrina Greer, she, uh, she just said this quote and I wrote it down yesterday. She said, we're unique, but we're not different. Yes. And, I, and I love that quote because it's Absolutely. like, we're, we are all the same. We're all going through the same, same things, but we all also uniquely are us. Yes. And I, and I like that. So we see our uniqueness, but we also see that we're all the same. Right. So I, I really like that quote. And I think I'm going to use it a lot. <laughs> no. It's similar to, um, you know, Temple Grandin is like the guru of autism. And she says, um, different, not less. And oh, I'm like, kind like of the same concept. Yeah. 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 Too, Cause it's so true. Yeah. You know, yeah. We all just have different needs. Yeah. That's so amazing. That's the biggest benefit I've seen. And then just like, again, like my students, um, staying in their environment longer, of course they like love to come back to my room at the end of the day and just like decompress and do their thing. But like, you know, majority is spent out when really, when I was given this position, it was more of a self-contained, like, Hey, you're going to have these kids just with you all day. Yeah. And that's, that wasn't the case, you know, and they're, they're in their least restrictive environment, which is not my room, which is amazing. Yeah. So. Which is, yeah. I mean, that's totally, that's all I've ever seen, right. Yeah. Is the pullout. So it's really amazing to see stuff like this and it's benefiting everybody. So it's, right. yeah, that's the best part. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I've talked about, I'm, I'm trying to think back to my other episodes. I don't think I've talked about social emotional learning. I'm oh. I don't think so. Maybe do, can you explain what that means? Yeah, it's just more of like um, the emotional side of it. So it, it's kind of like how you regulate your feelings. Um, 
I'm trying to find my book where I really like kind of like write it out because there's five main competencies that, um, you know, you go over like, so like uh, self-awareness is the first one. So that's like mm-hmm. how you know yourself. When, when do you know when you're mad? When do you know when you're sad? And a lot of kids, like when they're young, they don't, they might not know that. So like mm-hmm. I go over this lesson and it's so simple. Um, it's just like, what triggers you, you know? Right. And so kids talk about like spiders or when someone interrupts me or like they're really good conversation starters, especially yeah. if they have that at the beginning of the year. So then, yeah. you know, and the other kids know that like, okay, little Johnny doesn't like it when, you know, a pencil breaks or a loud noise occurs, you know? You're right. And then, then we talk about from triggers, like, you know, what do you do to calm down? That's mm. more of that, like self-management. That's like the second competency. That's like how you control your body. And like some of the kids, you know, uh, whether it's mine or theirs, they really can use a good lesson on like self-management. So we talk about like um, impulse control. That's mm. like, are you, are you the kid that like, as soon as when the teacher says like, what's two plus two, are you the kid that like jumps up and screams for, or can you control your impulses and sit in your right. seat and raise your hand? So we go over scenarios like that. Cool. Um, and like, there's really cool tools that come with each of those. Like, so whether it's like the emotions chart or zones of regulation, or mm. there's a little chart to control your impulses. It's like, stop, think, is your, the situation going to make it better or worse? And then pick the better. So they create their own charts. Um, and a lot of this is very like involved, like the kids are very involved and it kind of like gets their interest too. So it's like a fun interactive lesson. Yeah. Um, and then the third is social awareness. That's like how you are um, when you react to like your friends. So can you empathize? Can you understand that it's not all about you? So I love doing those big empathy lessons. Um, we read a lot of diverse books. We go over a lot of different situations. Um, one of my favorite lessons that the kids really loved was like we picked cards and every card had like something different like all right you were born with one leg you're born when you can't see you can't hear and then they talk about like how would they play with that person at recess and how would your life oh. be different and you know it really like encompasses a lot of um you know different situations and like just the empathy is really <clears throat> big and and they realize like oh like you know they're not so different either we can both chalk at recess whether he can you know hear or not right so, it's pretty yeah. neat. Um, and then the fourth is relationship skills. So that's how you can establish like healthy relationships with others. So we kind of go over um, in my book too, I talk about the social media concept because mm. that's right now. Um, like whether or not you're reading a text message the right way and you kind of go over different right. of those scenarios. Um, a lot of people that could benefit from that. <laughs> All these things, yes. but <laughs> when I was researching, I was like, oh, I could use this. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, and then number five is responsive decision or responsible decision making. So can you make good decisions on the fly <laughs> or not? So mm. we're gonna talk about again, like social media is kind of a big concept. And yeah. um and yeah, just that like kindness is thrown in there, compassion's thrown in there, um, what is inclusion that's in there. So like yeah, with those five, we kind of go into a lot of detail. Hmm. Yeah, I really like that. So that yeah. that was right from your book then, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's oh, like cool. part, well, that's all five. Um, that's actually part of Castle's um social emotional. So Castles. I kind of okay. yeah, their standards um is what's in my book, and then I just kind of played off their standards. So again, right. that's the standards that were like handed to teachers, but really not explained in full detail. Right. So you're just going into more detail about that. Yep. That's great. And okay. I kind of brought that special ed component in there too. Um, even though I hate that word, I guess unique abilities. You know, like yeah, I know, but that's like. <laughs> I think that's still the term. I don't even know. 
friend. Yeah. Um, and I created my own lessons based off of their standards. And then I just kind of threw in um, a bunch of other unique out of the box lessons and things awesome. that go along with those. Yeah. But yeah, and, you think of those five and you think of like adults, like that's. These were, yeah, these know. would benefit yeah. everybody. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You know, and I just don't understand how like, you know, you practice your math facts every day, but you don't practice like, Mm -hmm. It just doesn't, I don't know, make much sense. Yeah, I know. And it's like um, the triggers and stuff. Like we were talking about that in our mental health class on Sunday. It was um, like the the flip the lid, you know, that the flip the lid video. Maybe I'll link that in the the show notes because I I it was very, it's it's the self-awareness, the self-management. So like Mm -hmm. when we flip our lid, like what, are we going to do about that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you want to watch that, I'll link it in the show notes. It's only like a six minute video, I think. Perfect. That's great. Yeah. We do a lot of, um, remember inside out that movie, like that genius. Movie oh, I love that movie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that any scene from that movie is yeah. so good to show kids and be like, yes. Oh, look at the little red guy. Like what's he doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, and we all have them. Yeah. We all have them. So it's just, yeah. How, how quick is he, that little red guy going to react? Right. That's so, a movie. <laughs> it is. I really, I think about that movie a lot. I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The meat of it. And then, um, but in my book too, like that relationship piece and like how to communicate and like maybe take a personality test or. There, mm, I know oh, I like those. Ways, <laughs> yeah. A ton of ways to communicate, like, you know, Google Docs or texting or there's all these apps or like my pair of professionals and I use walkie talkies, like. Like once you communicate, it really breaks a lot of breaks down a lot of walls and barriers and, you know, makes your relationship so much more healthy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then at the end of your book, you have a dictionary, right? I do. Yeah. So I have a little inclusive dictionary, at least like I feel like that could be another book itself. So I was a little nervous to put that in there because I just felt like I could keep going and going and like, you know, you can always do a second edition. (laughs) It's so true. true. So I kind of broke it down into like racial equity. Um, and then I have like LGBTQ, a lot of that terminology, with which that is ever growing and changing too. And yeah. then I have um, like um, more of that special education or the unique abilities education at the end. Um, but again, that's like ever growing and changing. Yeah. So I did put lines underneath and I kind of say like, hey, this is fluid. This is changing. If you see anything else, feel free to write it down. So that way right. they can feel like, you know, they're accommodating to their own list too. Because again, right. so much more than, than what I have down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I have a list of acronyms too. Cause you know, in the, in the unique ability world, there's like a ton of acronyms for everything. <laughs> everything um, is not like, uh, maybe they need that. Yeah, um, it is good. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also put challenges because like this, you know, isn't, this wasn't hundred percent perfect. And like, I could see a lot of teachers looking at this and being like, I don't have time for this, or I don't like my special education teacher I work with or whatever the case may be. So I kind of took you know, uh, what happened to us. And like, uh, I actually opened it up to a special education Facebook page. And I said, Hey, what are the challenges that come along with inclusion? So I took their feedback and put it into questions and answered them. Oh, but that's that awesome. Too. It's more of like a real, you know, like one of those self-help magazines you read and then yeah. people writing questions, you know, right. reading those. So I felt like that could be good in this book too, to kind of like, I don't know if you're ever feeling like negative about it to kind of answer those, those questions. That's amazing. I'm, I'm so excited to read your book. <laughs> All right. So. It's lighthearted. That was the whole point too. And I, I did doodle a little bit. So you'll see my doodles in there. Oh, yay. I know, I just <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I want it to be fun. I don't want it to be like uh, another textbook, another assignment. Yeah. I would love if this got to schools and like, this was part of like their, you know, 
staff meeting after school or something. Oh, so, that would be incredible. Be so incredible. Yeah. So um, I know your book's not quite out yet, um, yeah. but how can people get it when it is out? And I'll be sure to share it when it is. Perfect. So I did um, send the website. I do have yeah. a website where you can subscribe. And actually, if oh, you okay. subscribe, um, I'm going to do a free monthly inclusive tip. So I'll send you Ooh. an email every month of like something cute and probably out of the box and quirky and easy to do in your classroom <laughs> um, or at home. And um, you'll be able to buy my book on there. And then it will be out on Amazon really soon. And Yay. you can also follow me at Empowering Toolbox or Empowering Inclusion Toolbox um, on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Okay, perfect. It's pretty new, so I still need to keep working on it. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with all the all the social medias. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so yeah. hard, especially after a long day. I never know what to do. But um, <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. yeah. Better at that. So yeah, it should be out next month. I just sent it to the formatter, and he should have it back to me like within a couple of days. Yay. And then yeah, it'll be it'll be out on Amazon, and I'm gonna do it for bookstores too. Okay, so good. That's great. Yeah. yeah, you can get an ebook or um, an in you know, an actual book in a bookstore. Oh, an ebook too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and I might try to make it audible. We'll see. I Ooh. Get, I get tacky, but I might go there. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. If I could record it with like, you know, my voice and my fluency and I would love it to be more personal. So. Yeah. And then I think I love audiobooks, and I, I, I love it, especially when it's read by the author. Yes. I think that it's just extra personal. Yeah. Although I, I say that I'm listening to one right now and it's not read by the author, but I think this one, the, I think this one is very an exception. It's nice that uh -huh. it's cause I know it's Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, the women city of girls, I think is what mm -hmm. I'm reading right now, but I read, a, a, um, I listened to another audiobook by Elizabeth Gilbert and it was read by her. And so I think this one city of girls, I think it's what it's called, is very good. Anyway, I'm getting off topic, but no. <laughs> yes, I like, I like to, I like when they're read by the author. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'll link all that in the show notes and um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad that uh, you were able to, to join me on my podcast today. And um, so I'll get uh, all your links to follow you to get your book and I'll be sharing your book when it comes out as well. Yes. And if anyone else is listening, like who loves inclusion and is like, how are we supposed to promote this? Like, please contact either like you or me. Right. Cause like, I feel like I love talking to like-minded individuals about this so much. Cause there's, there needs to be more of us. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people out there like, like previous us <laughs> that had no idea and figured it out on your own, but wouldn't it be nice <laughs> to yeah. not have to figure that out on your own and exactly. be wandering around in the dark looking for ways to get around this, right? So, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much, Melinda. Thanks. Okay, bye. Thank you for joining me today. If you would like to become a certified inclusive community art instructor to make a radical impact in your community, please visit rebeccajaneart.ca. All of the links from this episode are in the show notes. If you love this episode, please leave a review on iTunes and be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on everything at Rebecca Jane Art. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, happy creating.